0: Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio, AM 740.
1: Special shout-out to the good Dr. Janescu who's making his way up the Don Valley Parkway to his home in Barrie. Safe travels. We are about to get slammed uh, by uh, old man Winter. And uh, also a uh, a shout-out to a a special little man in uh, Denver, Colorado, young Calum. Uh, who's uh, listening in, Calum? It's past your bedtime, but uh, well, let's see. your Central Time, Mountain Time. It's only nine o'clock. All right, you can stay up for a little while, but not too late. Too too late. Calum uh, is a a big a big fan of the show, and Calum uh, is a brave little little man, and we're very proud of you. Welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Uh, for those joining us on our HOA. Uh, Welcome. That's right. Albert, the intern, is back on the case, and we are live streaming The Conspiracy Show on YouTube. The link, if you want to watch and listen to The Conspiracy Show, is located at the top of my Twitter feed, at Richard Serrett, at Richard Serrett. 20 years in the business, and I'm still spelling my last name. (laughs) It's S, as in Simon, -T T. at Richard Serrett. That's the Twitter feed. While you're there, Say hello, follow, uh, but just find the um the tweet that pertains to the h o a you click on the link it 's a live stream link, and uh, you are in and uh, as always i'd love to hear what you think of the hangout uh, or just the show in general. You can email me directly at the conspiracy show one the conspiracy show, the numeral One at gmail.com, and you can also reach me, as always, through the website, richardserrett.com. Speaking of the website, Albert has posted some great stories in the highlight carousel at the top of richardserrett.com. One story's been up there for a few weeks, and that's the disclosure petition, that's Stephen Bassett's initiative, uh, to pressure the White House to hold real congressional hearings into the UFO ET issue and we've left it up there because the uh, the deadline they need a hundred thousand signatures and the deadline is fast approaching folks it's Feb 6th so obviously time running out and what do they have Albert? about 13,000 signatures 13,000 they need 100,000 that's a pretty tall order to make up the remaining 87,000 uh, by Feb 6. So if you if you haven't already signed on and you were thinking about it but maybe forgot, now is the time. So just go to richardcerra.com, and the the slide carousel, the highlight carousel. You'll see a series of of uh, slides at the top. Just click on that uh, image when it comes around, and that'll take you right to the uh, the petition page. If you're into uh, the metaphysical, esoteric, and spiritual arena, I know many of you are, there's also an interesting story in the uh, Highlight Carousel about how we can learn to reside in the fifth dimension. And I'm not talking about that musical group fronted by Marilyn McCoo. (laughs) Do you remember the fifth dimension? Albert, you're too young for that, maybe. Uh, Anyway, there's also a fascinating story about, get this, Red Barns. Have you noticed, whenever you drive out in the country, all the barns, are painted red and it turns out there's a good reason for that and it has to do with the chemistry of dying stars you can read all about it again the highlight carousel at richardserrett.com uh, one more important item you'll find there and that's a link to follow the truth to my second live event conference coming Sunday April the 26th uh, once again at the Regent Theatre the beautiful Regent Theatre in downtown Oshawa it's an evening event this time And I'm bringing seven very special guests to the regent, including the Honorable Paul Hellyer, our former Minister of Defense and Deputy Prime Minister. He'll talk about the Money Mafia. Our media scientist friend, JFK assassination researcher Nelson Thal, will be unpacking the Zapruder film, Ms. Jane Steele, the mysterious and lovely Ms. Steele formerly of Shock Talk, a popular internet radio and TV show, will discuss the lost and found tribes of Israel. Victor Vigiani, no stranger to this show, will present smoking gun documents proving the government knows about and is concerned about UFOs and ETs, and a special exhibit featuring a replica of the Shroud of Turin. A life-sized, very detailed, very accurate replica. Dr. Gary Chang will be uh, in Oshawa discussing that. Rosemary Ellen Guiley, of course, a regular on The Conspiracy Show, flying up with her spirit boxes in hand, and will give a demonstration of spirit communication. Uh, I'm really excited about the event. Uh, And that's, uh, again, Sunday, April the 26th. Follow the Truth to Region Theatre, Oshawa. For more information, visit FollowTheTruth.tv. Or call the box office and order your passes at 905-721-3399. 905-721-3399. Now, one of the things that we like to do on this show is to help provide an understanding or maybe an alternative view uh, of world events through different prisms. And tonight we're going to do just that. Um, Tonight that prism is the Bible and something called the revelation trumpets, tsunamis, earthquakes, world wars, nuclear disasters, upheaval in the Middle East, all things we discuss in the program. And my guest, uh, who has been with me several times, uh, he believes the Bible provides many clues as to our future, and he believes the things that I just mentioned, the upheaval, the, the wars, the weather, could all be looked upon as warnings, perhaps the final warning from the author of the Bible, the Almighty God. In fact, that's the title of his new book, Final Warning, Understanding the Trumpet Days of Revelation. And for our friends checking us out on HOA, there's a copy of the book. Final Warning, Understanding the Trumpet Days of Revelation. Carl Gallup's is a best-selling author, senior pastor, talk radio host, Heard nationally and internationally, TV and radio guest, commentator, former decorated Florida law enforcement officer, founder of PNN, P.P. Simmons News and Ministry Network, and member of the Board of Regents at the University of Mobile in Mobile, Alabama, or Mobile, I should say, Mobile, Alabama, Carl Gallups. Welcome aboard. How are you?
2: Richard, it's my friend. It's uh, I'm doing great. It's so good to be back with you. Thank you for having me on tonight. I'm I'm excited about this.
1: And thanks for joining us on our on our Hangout.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. is my first time on Google Hangout, but I'm I guess I'm here. So we'll see how that works. But thank you.
1: <laughs> you know, there's so much confusion about, um, for example, uh, you know, Revelation. Uh, now I come. From, this is interesting. I, I'm from the. Uh, I'm a Christian, an Orthodox Christian. This yep. is the one book in the Bible that they do not read from during liturgy. I don't know uh, about the Catholics, but the Orthodox, a priest, they do not read from Revelation. What is the proper term? People call it the Book of Revelations, but that's not it. What is it? Yeah.
2: yeah. No. The proper term is the Book of Revelation, singular. Right. It is a singular revelation uh... given to john uh... of course that singular uh... instance of a revelation is filled with revelations <laughs> but it's but it's properly called the book of revelation and um, I, I don't know the particular i, I don't know why the particular uh, faith community that you come from doesn't draw from that book uh... i know the first four or five chapters are, are, are relatively easy to understand and make for some beautiful, beautiful preaching and teaching and some wonderful promises. The basic promise of the book of Revelation is that if you are on God's side by belonging to Jesus Christ, in the end, you win. <laughs> right, and right. that's the that's the basic message of the entire book of Revelation.
1: But but it is, as you know, uh, probably more than any other book. Perhaps Daniel uh, could be thrown in there from the Old Testament. Uh, but Revelation is is so filled with with you know uh, symbolisms and imagery yep. and and yep. Um, um, metaphors and so forth that it is given to so much. Interpretation and, and pitfalls, really, I mean yeah. you, you could fall into a you know you easily get off in the wrong direction entirely, and that may be one of the reasons that that it, at least during the liturgy't they don't, they don't talk about it. Yeah. obviously the, the yeah. Orthodox clergymen are well versed in it, but uh, uh, anyway let's let's talk about uh, the trumpet days of revelation.
2: What do we mean by the trumpet days? Well, thank you. Yeah, I listen. I, first, I want your audience to know this is not something I've just pulled out of my back pocket to produce some sensational book. This is something I've been researching and following, preaching and teaching literally around the world on several continents and several different nations to prophecy conferences, churches, revivals, Bible conferences for 25 years. So, so 25 years of research has gone into this book and into this understanding of of the possibility that we. may May be living in the trumpet days of Revelation. And, uh, and 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 over these years, people have asked me, you know, they've seen my presentation, and they've listened to what I've had to say, and, and they've been absolutely floored by the things that I'm getting ready to share with your audience tonight. And so they've asked me, said, you know, over the years, man, you need to put this in a book, you need to write this down, you need to reference, you need to resource what you're showing us, because this is some of this is just hard to believe, yet there it is before our eyes please do it. Well, I, I shied away from that for years. I knew it would be a daunting task, Richard, because uh, it, it, it would just require, number one, tons of research. Number two, the the resources and the references would have to be impeccable, and they are in my book. And, and so I knew that would take forever to, to document all that. And then thirdly, and this goes to kind of what you said about the Orthodox Church. I also know that the Book of Revelation is very controversial, even among Christians. Right, and the various to be sure. interpretations are out there in the various camps, and even in the three or four major camps of interpretation, there are schisms and 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 cliques within those camps, and people really almost get in knockdown, down drag-out, verbal fights over this stuff. Right. <laughs> and, so, and so I knew that, and I really shied away from it, but I just I couldn't hold it any longer, as you'll see when I start to talk about this tonight, the things that I believe that the Lord has shown me. And I want to say I believe, because I'm not going to make a declaration, God has shown me this as though I'm the final authority. I'm just saying that over many years of studying this, putting it out before the world, having it peer-reviewed, having to tweak and to search and to research and to re-research, um, I, I, I now felt that I could put this in a book. So you asked me about the Trumpet Days, yes. We are coming
1: book- up on a, on a, on a break. Uh, we'll, we'll start the conversation, okay. and then okay. when we hear that music, we'll break and we'll pick it up on the other side. Carl right. Gallops, my guest, and the book is Final Warning, Understanding the Trumpet Days of Revelation. Okay, the Trumpet Days, Carl, what are they?
2: Yeah, okay, good deal. The, the oh, book of Revelation. <laughs> there is yes. the
1: music. Just as I spoke. Sorry. Let's let's uh, um, slip on into a break right now, and and we'll pick it up. Okay. And have a good fresh start. Good deal. And uh, we'll find out what the trumpet days are, and also we'll also explore how World Wars One and Two square up with John the Revelator's trumpet visions. Could it be that Chernobyl was foretold almost two thousand years before it happened? Is the name of one of the world's most notorious dictator-turned-butchers actually encoded in the Revelation trumpet messages? Does the rebirth of Israel indicate the last days are upon us? That and much more in conversation with Carl Gallup's final warning right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. And uh, just some uh, brief programming notes, upcoming on the program, our paranormal investigator, Rosemary Ellen Guiley, will be here with our paranormal news roundup, and uh, also inventor Bruce McBurney, uh, who's in uh, southern Ontario. We talked to him, oh, a couple of months back regarding his 100-mile-per-gallon engine. This is a vaporizing carburetor that's uh, that he's really resurrected. This is an idea that's been around since the 1930s. Uh, but this time, Bruce will be along to talk about uh, the production and use of coital silver for alt- as an alternative remedy. Uh, and uh, coming up very soon on The Conspiracy Show, uh, the return of Canada's Edgar Casey. remote viewer Douglas Cottrell will be here, and we're going to conduct a remote viewing experiment. Uh, he'll give you sort of a crash course in remote viewing, and I've set up a hashtag Uh, For that program, Uh, we'll do an experiment, and if you can identify uh, the hidden object, uh, the hidden target, uh, then you will win a uh, pair of tickets to my uh, event in Oshawa on the 26th of April, Follow the Truth, and uh, that's all upcoming on the program. Right now, Carl Gallup stays with us. Final warning, understanding the trumpet days of Revelation. I'm going to hold this up, Uh, so which camera should I do? it? To this one. All right, now, I don't know if this is... um, if, if that actually looks backwards on on YouTube or not, but as I show it into the camera, uh, it's like you know looking in your rearview mirror at uh, letters on a car and they're backwards, but hopefully you'll see that. Final warning, and now let's talk about the Trumpet Days, understanding the Trumpet Days of Revelation. So, Carl, <clears throat> what are the Trumpet Days?
2: Thank you. Let me give you, uh, your audience, a crash course, and I want your audience to know again, I've been preaching and teaching the Word for 30 years, 25 years studying this specifically, so I understand that the, the brief things that I'm going to say. There are a lot of questions, and people have counter-arguments, and, and I'm, I'm prepared to deal with all of those and deal with most of them in my book. But for the qu- sake of, of, of this quick speaking of it here in this interview, the trumpet days are those days spoken of in the book of Revelation that revolve around the vision of seven trumpets that blow in the last days uh, that John sees. He sees the vision of them as he's caught up to the throne room of God. Now, uh, Richard, uh, it's amazing. Let, Let me first begin by explaining to your audience that there are millions around the world, and I'm one of them, that believe that they see a coded clue in the book of Revelation that tells us that the seventh trumpet represents the rapture of the church. The taking up, the catching away of the church, the seventh trumpet of Revelation, the last trumpet. Now, if that is so, that, would, that, that event would happen just before God pours out his wrath on the world. And by the way, that matches what happened in the days of Noah and what happened in the days of Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah. And well, the
1: rapture Luke's... rapture is another one of those highly contested, debatable, oh, uh, controversial oh, yes. subjects, the rapture, whether there oh, is a
3: rapture. or
2: Yes. And I deal with that in great length in my book. But as I'm explaining, Jesus said in Luke chapter 17, he said, Look, the, the, the final days, the coming of the Son of Man is going to be just like this. And he says, The days of Noah, the days of Lot. Just like this. Now Jesus said that. Carl Gallups didn't say it. Jesus says it right. in Luke 17. Well, what was it just like in Noah's day? Well, Noah and his family lived in the midst of great tribulation. The world was more wicked than it had ever been, so wicked that God said He was going to destroy everything that had breath, except for those that He saved. And so Noah and his family lived in the midst of great tribulation. Until the day that the flood came, that was God's wrath that he was pouring out on the world to destroy the world and the unbelievers. But before he poured out his wrath, he raptured out, if you will. He lifted Noah and his family up and above the wrath that would come. He took them out. He kept them safe in the ark. As a matter of fact, when you get to the letter of Second Peter, Peter says that very thing he uses that as an illustration of how God will protect his people in the last days before he pours out his wrath. Jesus said it'll be just like this, and he said it'll be like the days of Lot. Well, what happened in the days of Lot? In Sodom and Gomorrah, that culture became so exceedingly wicked, unthinkably wicked, that God says, I'm going to destroy it completely. But before he did, And, of course, Lot and his family living right in the midst of it, right in the midst of those days of great tribulation. But before God destroyed it, before he poured out his wrath, he sent his angels to get Lot and his family out, out of the way. Then God poured out his wrath. So, in other words, they were raptured. They were taken out. So Jesus said, again, Carl didn't say this. Jesus said in Luke 17, it'll be just like that. So when we get to the book of Revelation, we see three visions that are the primary focus of Revelation, the vision of the seven seals, uh, S-E-A-L-S, not seals in the water, but seals on a scroll, <laughs> Right, right. and then the seven trumpets, and then the seven bowls of wrath. Now, the trumpets millions of people around the world, me me included, believe, we believe that those trumpets are sounds of warning to the world just before God pours out his wrath, just like in the days of Noah, just like in the days of Lot, just like Jesus said. And there's a clue in Revelation and in the New Testament that the seventh trumpet is the rapture of the church. Now, if that's so, Richard, and here's the key, if the seventh trumpet is the rapture of the church, that means the first six trumpets blow before the rapture of the church. And if that is so, that means those six trumpet sounds would be warnings to the world, but primarily to the church, to God's people that the rapture is soon to come, and the return of the Lord is soon to be here. Right. So that's a brief description of the trumpet days of Revelation. Now, what my book does, my book outlines uh, the theology and eschatological methods of interpreting uh, prophetic scriptures, and, and particularly Revelation. It's not meant to be a complete study of the book of Revelation, but I do enough... That you, that you will be able to understand when I start revealing these amazing findings uh, uh, about the trumpets and key words that were coded into the Scriptures, Richard, 2,000 years ago, that match precisely events that have happened in our relatively uh, modern history and in our historical lifetime. And so that's why, again, millions around the world, me included, we believe That we could very well be living in the trumpet days, and that the trumpets are blowing, the signs are being given to the world for those who care enough to dig and study and see, for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, the trumpets are blowing, and we're very, very soon upon Trumpet 6, which... Describes a things World War Three in the Middle East, centered around the Euphrates River which okay. is Iraq and Iran. Let's and, let's
1: talk about uh, the trumpets. And when was do you have a, a handle on when the first trumpet sounded?
2: Yeah, well, do you do you want me to do it like that, Richard, or I can tell you. A, a, I'll do whatever you want. This is your show, okay? Well, <laughs> <But the> most...
1: <laughs> I'm scrabbling around in the dark. You, okay. you tell me, you know, okay. if, if well, how you'd like to. Well, the most
2: fascinating way to do this, I think, and it's the way I write the book, and I think your listeners will find this fascinating, is what prompted me to believe this and where my journey started. My journey started with Trumpet number 3. Number 3, okay. Once, once I had determined that it was a great possibility that Trumpet 3 had blown, then I went back and said, well, that means trumpet two and trumpet one have had to have blown before, of course. All right, let's start with trumpet three then. Okay, all right. And, and, and I don't know that I, I should give away all seven trumpets tonight on, <laughs> in the interview. <laughs> no, no, I no. want people to get the book and look at it, but I can, I can give your audience a lot of stuff tonight that will really get their uh, wheels turning. So here's, here's how this started, Richard. Here's how I um, uh, kind of fell into this. And then I'll tell you what I found in Trumpet 3. So I came to this church where I'm the senior pastor. I've been the senior pastor here 28 years now. And it's a a church on the Gulf Coast, a, a large church here on the Gulf Coast. And when I came to this church... In 1987, early 1987, now this is long before the days of, you know, personal computers and Internet. Right, right. So, you know, my, my, my study library still consisted of hard copy books, <laughs> and if I needed to find anything that was out of the way, I had to go to some library, okay? So that was back in the ancient days.
1: I remember so, those days.
2: <laughs> yeah, you remember those days. So, so in 1987... I had been preaching and teaching through the book of Revelation. I had come to a lot of these conclusions that the trumpets probably spoke to our day. But in 1987, early 1987, I'm preaching back through the book of Revelation. And while I'm preaching in the book of Revelation, an article from the New York Times was printed and reprinted in uh, headlines of a regional paper down here on the Gulf Coast that declared – that the Chernobyl nuclear disaster in Chernobyl, Ukraine, corresponded to the third trumpet of Revelation because the the word wormwood, because right. the third trumpet of Revelation is defined as, says the name of the star, and I'll explain this in a moment, was wormwood. Well, that's the English word, translated from the Greek word that the New Testament was written in. But if it was written in Ukrainian, it would literally say the name of the star was Chernobyl. Uh-huh. well, now that's what this article said in the New York Times, and again, I'm a young pastor back then this twenty eight years ago, and I'm preaching through revelation. I already believe that the trumpets are you know connected to the last days and 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 precede the rapture of the church and And then here's this article, and I said, well, and I took it to the church when I was preaching, and I said guys, I don't have any way of verifying this. I can't speak Ukrainian. I don't know any Ukrainian people. I don't have a Ukrainian dictionary. I don't have access to a Ukrainian Bible. But if this article is correct and it says Ukrainian speakers are declaring this, then this is amazing. And I can remember the, you know, the congregation's reaction way back then was, wow, that, that is amazing. Well, Richard, in the middle 90s, I was preaching back through Revelation again, and I had been teaching and preaching on it for, for years, but in the middle 90s, I was going to do a complete sweeping st- study back through it, and Richard, now we have the internet, and oh, as I'm going through the scriptures, I said, you know, let, let me research this, so I got on the internet, and I found United Nations documents of ambassadors from the ukraine who addressed the general assembly of the united nations one of them was president of the general assembly by the way all of this is in my book and all of it's documented and resource so your audience can go look at it but these ambassadors from the ukraine were addressing the united nations and they were declaring emphatically categorically that chernobyl is wormwood and wormwood is chernobyl and the events of chernobyl match precisely the Prophecies of a two thousand year old prophecy found only in the Bible that said the name of this event is Chernobyl.
1: Can we just stop there a moment and and yes. and and uh, I, I want you to talk about what. It says about the third trumpet and wormwood in the Bible.
2: Thank you. All right. It says, John says, and I saw a star fall from heaven. And I want to address that about the star because a lot of people say, well, a star didn't fall from heaven that night. So I'll talk about that. But let me just say what it says. It says, I saw a star fall from heaven. And I don't have a Bible in front of me, so I'm paraphrasing. You don't need one. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think so. (laughs) It says, but I saw a star fall from heaven. and. And 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 it, it, it was like a flaming torch. So in other words, there's something on fire that's coming out of the sky. And it says, and it polluted a third of the waters, and it killed many, many people. And the name of the star was Wormwood. Hmm. Now, that's what it says. Now, shockingly, Richard, as I'm preaching back through this, and now I have access to the Internet, I've got access to all of the articles from around the world and scientific reports and journalistic reports and national geographic reports and and nuclear commission reports on Chernobyl. I've got access to a Ukrainian Bible. I've got access to a Ukrainian dictionary. I have access to Ukrainian speakers. I have access to books that are printed online, printed, written about this by people who are native-born Ukrainians. And what did I discover? (laughs) I discovered that the Chernobyl nuclear disaster is the worst nuclear disaster in the world, even 10 times greater as of yesterday. I researched this on the internet. As of yesterday, it's 10 times greater than Fukushima disaster. It released 100 times the amount of radiation that Hiroshima released. It, It is still releasing radiation. They built a concrete sarcophagus over it when it exploded back in 1986. Now it's crumbling. They believe if it bursts again that it has the potential to kill millions. They're trying to get a new sarcophagus built over it. But what happens? Russia is right now attacking Ukraine. And they've had to stop the work on it. So you've got this potential disaster getting ready to happen again that nobody can do anything about because Russia is encroaching the borders. And when this thing happened almost 30 years ago now, Guess what the results were? It polluted the water and the soil. 200,000 people were evacuated from Chernobyl and the surrounding area. 500,000 people were affected. Thousands of people died. Many reports, as some as recent as the last couple of years, predict that millions of people have been radiation poisoned and their health has been adversely affected and will literally die as a result of it. All over Europe, as far uh, up in Norway and Sweden, they're reporting soil. A contamination water contamination they just they just had a report just a couple of months ago that the reindeer in Norway are showing excessive amounts of radiation because they eat the mushrooms that grow in the soil that's been polluted from the Chernobyl disaster and it goes on and on and on your your listeners can research this on the internet again my book has all of this in it but watch here's what happened on that night people say well a star didn't fall from the sky well, first of all, let's examine that. A star is a sun. Aha, <laughs> uh-huh, <laughs> That's yes. what a star, Okay, so...
1: I know where no, you're going with that, this, Carl. That, that, hang on, let me, uh, let me uh, jump in here. We'll take another time out. Okay. And we'll uh, finish up with uh, Chernobyl slash Wormwood. Yes. And uh, perhaps then, time permitting, we can delve into some other of the oh, yes. final warnings, including upheaval in the Middle East, World yes. Wars I, and to Carl Gallops, the author of Final Warning... Understanding the Trumpet Days of Revelation right here on The Conspiracy Show. And we are back uh, with Carl Gallups, author of Final Warning, Understanding the Trumpet Days of Revelation. Just a reminder, we are doing a Hangout on Air, and uh, you can um, enter the inner sanctum here. Our uh, studio is located in the Liberty Village neighborhood of Toronto. You can uh, see yours truly. And, of course, our guest on the line from uh, Florida... Uh, Carl Gallops, the author uh, of Final Warning. He's uh, also visible on the uh, the webcam. So to join the Hangout on air, all you need to do is go to my Twitter feed, at Richard Serrett, and uh, it's near the top of the Twitter feed. Uh, just uh, look for that tweet that's... Um obviously pertaining to the uh, HOA. There's a link to the live stream. You click on that, and you are in. All right, Carl, we were talking about yep. Chernobyl, Wormwood. Yep. And um, uh, we just want to finish off uh, your, yep. your thoughts on, on, uh, on Chernobyl, which is the third trumpet. And yep. people are saying, well, it's not a star. Wormwood is a star. Chernobyl, a nuclear disaster, not a star.
2: Right. Thank you. Well, what's interesting about that is... First, there's, there are three things that I say about that that are extremely important. And every time I say these three things, people think. People say to me, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> so it's very important what I'm getting ready to say, because people do object to this idea of it being Chernobyl because of this beginning of, I saw a star that fell from heaven. Now let me say, for those who object and say, well, this, this can't be that. Well, I'm not declaring 1,000% that this is that, but I can tell you, And you'll see in my book, I've have it heavily resourced, Chernobyl is Wormwood, Wormwood is Chernobyl. The word Chernobyl translates to Wormwood and vice versa. So this is either one of the biggest coincidences in the world, and wait till I tell you some of the other stuff that's there, this is either one of the biggest biggest coincidences in the world and in the Bible, or it's either exacting prophecy, and we're living in the trumpet days, and people will just have to decide what what they believe. But back to this objection. I saw a star fall from heaven. All right, several things. Number one, do you really think John really saw a star hit the earth? Because a star is a sun. And we know that our sun is one of the smallest ones that, of which we know. <laughs> and we know that if our sun were just a few thousand miles closer to the earth, we would burn up. So a star hitting the earth, well, that would never happen. Our earth would be completely burned and destroyed before the star even got to us to hit the earth. So he couldn't have meant a literal star. So now we know he's speaking symbolically. Second of all, he says the star fell like a torch flaming from heaven. Well, a star's going to be a little more combustible than a torch. (laughs) It's going to be a little hotter than a torch. So again, we know he's speaking symbolically. Then, if you'll go to the fifth trumpet, You'll see, again, he speaks of a star falling from heaven, but this time we are told that the star is a messenger, a person, an angelic being, perhaps, because it says, and he said, the star speaks. So now we know, if we go back to the third trumpet of Chernobyl, this is not a literal star. It's a messenger. It's a harbinger. It's an ominous warning. John said, I saw a messenger, a star. I saw something, and it, was, and it, and it, and it uh, looked like a flaming torch, and it fell from the heavens. And by the way, that word heaven is uh, oranos, which in Greek can also mean the sky, and it's used that way in the New Testament. So it doesn't have to mean like from the throne room of God. It could just mean from the sky. Well, guess what happened at Chernobyl? And I've got all this documented in my book. On the night that nuclear reactor number four in the Chernobyl plant exploded, the concrete lid, several several hundred tons of concrete, burst into tiny bits and shot over one-half mile into the sky. And all of that concrete rubble was ablaze and was on fire, and it fell from the sky from over a half mile in the air like millions of flaming torches. It hit the ground. It it contaminated, polluted. Radiation goes into the sky. It was just a disaster of monumental uh, proportions. The world has never seen – it's unprecedented thus far in human history. The world has never seen a nuclear disaster such as this. And so what were the effects of it? It polluted the soil. It polluted the water. It killed many people. It's still killing many people. Listen, I have medical professionals in my church. I'm in Florida. I'm on the east coast of the United States. These medical professionals tell me that they go to medical uh, training uh, conferences all the time, wherein they are told that the reason that thyroid cancer rates are through the roof in America is because of the Chernobyl nuclear disaster and the fallout. It's directly relational, directly correlated, correlational to the Chernobyl disaster. People don't realize the magnitude of this, Richard. No, we've been they... so
1: focused on, yes. on Fukushima.
2: Well, focused on other things. I mean, it's that, that happened in 1986. Right. A lot has happened in the world since then. And people don't realize this is still going on. It is huge. I, and And I believe that it's either a huge coincidence that the Word of God says, because see, when you're reading the Ukrainian Bible, and the Ukrainians know this. They're freaking out about it, because when you're reading the Ukrainian Bible, it says, and the name of the star of this event is Chernobyl, and they're living in the midst of it, Richard. They know what it means.
1: All right, when we come back, let's talk uh, about some of the other final warnings, World War One, World War II. How do they square up with John the Revelator's Trumpet visions back with more of my conversation with Pastor Carl Gallup's final warning: Understanding the trumpet days of Revelation. Don't go away. All right, Carl. Uh, time is tight as always, uh, I, and I want to work in a few more of these uh, clues. Obviously, not giving everything away in final warning: Understanding the trumpet days of Revelation. We've talked about Chernobyl and Wormwood. How does World War One, which is celebrating the uh, well last year the 100th anniversary of the beginning? Uh, of that great war, as it's uh, often called, nothing great about it, uh, World War II uh, and World War Two. How do they square up, square up with John the Revelator's trumpet visions?
2: Yes, I, I will tell you that. And if we have time, I'd love to get to Trumpet 5 and at least share one shocking, earth-shattering piece of information that comes out of Trumpet 5. But okay, said, let's get busy then. <laughs> yeah, let's get busy. As I said, Trumpet 3 was where I began. Well, once I realized Chernobyl is Wormwood, and Wormwood is Chernobyl, and there's a distinct possibility that that is the, the prophecy, that's what it's about, then I realized, of course, if that's true, then Trumpet 2 and Trumpet 1 had to have blown before. And I went to Trumpet 2 first, and I saw this this thing that just jumped off the page and hit me. It said that uh, – that, 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 the, the defining, the definition of trumpet two was that I saw this giant mountain all ablaze, thrown into the sea, and and a third of the ships were destroyed, a third of the living creatures, et etc. et cetera, and and I I looked at that and and I thought there's nothing in the world that matches that except one thing, and I went and studied the Greek words for uh, uh, thrown into the sea and giant and 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 this mountain and and the Greek words, and I've got all of this, uh, all of this in my book. The Greek words are amazing. The word "throne" that's in the Greek means viol- it can also mean violently sent, as well as an eruption that takes place afterwards, and and then. The, 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 the eruption, the word in the Greek there is mega, from where we get megaphone. So not only large, as in mega large, but mega loud as well. Right. And, and, I, and I looked at that and I said, oh my gosh. There, in the middle of the sea, in World War II ended with the dropping of the first nuclear bomb. Do you see the connection? Nuclear bomb. That trumpet number three, the world's worst nuclear disaster, nuclear technology, could not have come about except for the nuclear technology that was invented around World War II and was used by the United States of America on Japan, an island that sits in the middle of the sea. That nuclear bomb rose to 40,000 feet in the air, bigger than any mountain, higher than any mountain. Killed, you know, hundreds of thousands of people, and and destroyed in the destruction that came with it, and it literally the pictures get on the internet and look at those. It looks like a giant mountain on fire coming out of the sea, and and when I saw that, I I was I was just overwhelmed, and then I thought about it, Richard. Well, what happened with the dropping of the bomb? Well, World War II ended. Well, what else happened as a result of that? The nation of Israel was born as a result of World War II ending Mm -hmm. the nation of Israel, which is a 2,500-year-old prophecy that the Bible says lets you know that you are living in the last days. When Israel comes back to the land, Ezekiel 37, and Ezekiel 38 and 39 says that when that returned Israel comes back, there will be an alignment, a coalition of certain nations that will... Uh, come together to try to destroy that return to Israel. And the nations are listed by name, by their tribal names. They correspond to modern-day nations that are now making those pacts, making those alliances. They're on TV every day. All of them, almost all of them, are Muslim nations, And they are desperately trying to destroy this returned Israel. (laughs) And all of that's in the Bible. All of that was foretold 2,600 years ago, the only book in the world that says those things. It's now center and front and center of our evening news. And trumpet number two says that John said, I saw something that looked like a giant mountain. He said something like, which means it wasn't a giant mountain, right, but right. he's using, he's trying to describe something. Think about this, Richard. I want you in your audience to think about this. John was on a rock island in a prison camp 2,000 years ago. They were still riding camels and walking everywhere they went. He was thrust 2,000 years at least into the future, into our lifetime and beyond. Now, how would a man that's riding camels how would he describe a nuclear bomb? How would he describe a nuclear plant explosion? How would he describe jet airplanes and helicopters and oil wells on fire? How would he describe skyscrapers and airplanes hitting them and bursting into flames and collapsing? How would he describe automobiles and interstate highways? and
1: Exactly. Well, in language that would make sense to his time. Exactly. Um, let, me, let me ask you something uh, while time permits. And that is, uh, you, you mentioned the birth of Israel, and, and uh, there is in, on the Jewish calendar something called the Feast of Trumpets. Yep. Does that Feast of Trumpets have anything to do with what we're talking about, the yep. Revelation trumpets? I, I
2: think it has something precisely to do with it, and I deal with this at length in my book, as a matter of fact, because the first, there are seven feasts of the Lord, and, and the first four feasts have been fulfilled perfectly in Jesus Christ and or the birth of the church, but the last three feasts have not yet been fulfilled perfectly. Yet when you get to the book of Revelation, you find shadowings of all three of the last three feasts right there in the book of Revelation by name. Heard, first you find the feast of trumpets. Well, what do you find in the book of Revelation? But seven trumpets, and the number seven is a biblical number for perfection and completion. And what's happening? They're blowing in the last days. And the seventh trumpet, Revelation defines, I believe, as millions of others do, is the rapture. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Feast of Atonement, which talks about God's wrath being poured out if you're not under the blood of the Lamb, if, the sacrifice, if you didn't accept the sacrifice. Well, right after the Feast of Trumpets comes what? The seven bowls of God's wrath. And then when you get to Revelation 21, the last feast... Is the Feast of Tabernacles, where God tabernacles or dwells with His people. And Revelation 21 says, Now behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and He will live with them, and they will live with Him, and God will wipe every tear from their eyes and make all things new. So, yes, the last three feasts are beautifully presented in the book of Revelation as being ultimately and completely fulfilled. I deal with that at length in my book. And so again, millions of people around the world, I'm one of them, we believe that it's very possible that we're now living in the trumpet days of Revelation. The trumpets of God are blowing, the warnings, the ominous harbingers of what is to come, they are being sounded, and God is getting ready to give the final warning. And by the way, I believe Trumpets 1 through 5 have blown. Trumpet 6, we're on the verge of it now. A huge war in the Middle East centered around Islam and centered around attacking Israel. It's right there in the Bible. And there we are. That's what we're watching on the evening news. It's developing even now. And then after Trumpet 6 breaks out, World War III trumpet 7 follows and trumpet 7 is the rapture of the church.
1: You wanted to mention uh, in the time we just have a few minutes here trumpet 5.
2: Yeah, let me do that. This is going to blow people away. Trumpet 5 is extremely complex and it's packed with clues and code words and keywords like wormwood and Chernobyl, but the most unbelievable one is this. It talks about it talks about the depths of the earth being set on fire, and holes in the ground being opened, a hole in the ground being opened. And the word there for that, that pit, it says a pit, a bottomless pit. The word for pit is freer in Greek, and it means literally a well. A well is opened, and fire and smoke comes out, and it clouds the day, and it and it blocks the sun and the moon and the stars, and it fills the air with black smoke and nastiness and wickedness, and and, and people are... Uh, uh, in, in, in agony, and they want to die, but they can't die, and on and on. It, all these details. But then at the end of it, it says, and they had the one that started all this, the one that opened the pit, it says his name was Apollyon, or Abaddon. Now, Apollyon is the uh, Greek word. Sounds Abaddon like the Greek, the
1: Greek, the Greek god, god Apollo. Huh? Sounds like the Greek god Apollo.
2: Well, it does, but listen, Apollyon... And Abaddon both translate in English to the destroyer. Now, are you sitting down, Richard?
1: I am indeed in preparation for this show.
2: The Persian word for destroyer is Saddam. And that comes straight from Persian language experts. It comes straight out of the mouth of people, experts in the Middle East. I have it all documented in my book. And what did Saddam do? By the way, that, that prophecy said that a certain people would be tormented for five months. Saddam was in Kuwait for exactly five months. That's documented before America and the coalition forces entered. He set 800 oil wells on fire that darkened the sky for 11 months. The sky was as black as midnight. It blocked out the sun, the moon, and the stars. He tortured people. He killed people. He purposely kept people alive who wanted to die, including children. He had thousands of children in concentration camps where he tortured them so their parents would have to hear them screaming and the kids would be at the verge of death and they had chemicals and drugs that they gave the kids to keep them alive and it was horrendous it was a medieval bloodbath that Saddam committed and all of this happened and 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 the bible says and the one that made all of this happen his name was Saddam and i mean if you're reading it in persian that's what it says and again all of this is 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 cataloged in my book and resourced, not by crazy religious sites, but by news journals and, 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 and scientific journals and mainstream media sources and university language departments and the Persian Studies Department of Harvard University. I mean, it's all documented.
1: So, so Gulf War I was the well, fifth trumpet.
2: Well, listen, yes. Not only that, but think of what Gulf War I did. We know for a fact that 9-11 was the result of that. Osama bin Laden said that. He said, the reason I attacked is because you had your troops on Saudi soil, and you were over here in Saudi Arabia and the Middle East attacking us. And 9-11 was a direct result of that, which brought us back over to Iraq, back to Afghanistan, which eventually led to Arab Spring. Listen, I have reports from the New York Times and other mainstream media sources that tie what's going on in the Middle East right now, they tie it all the way back from experts in the Middle East all the way back to the first Gulf War. And again, all of this is documented in my book, so if that's true... Then look at the chain of events. We've got World War II that brings about the rebirth of Israel. We've got the mountain thrown into the sea on fire. The next thing we have, you know, we've got Chernobyl disaster that's still going on today, Russia attacking Ukraine. They're trying to get the sarcophagus built. It's getting ready to explode again. You come to trumpet number five, you've got a guy named Saddam that blackens the sky. He sets oil wells on fire. Um, he kills people. He tortures people. In the meantime, that leads to 9-11, which leads to Iraq and Afghanistan, which eventually leads to everywhere we are now with a president named Saddam, named Hus, uh, Barack Hussein Obama who is instrumental in bringing about Arab Spring with the collapse of Egypt and Libya, which is foretold in Daniel chapter 11, and then... Oh, really? is it? I, Could you... I mean, you know, it just rolls on and on, and it's all tied together.
1: Where, where, very briefly, because we only have 40 seconds, but where is the Arab Spring mentioned in the book of Daniel?
2: Well, Arab Spring is not mentioned in it, precisely in the book of Daniel, But many Bible scholars believe there's a tie-in to understanding from the book of Psalms, from the book of Daniel and Revelation, and the book of Ezekiel, the rising of the Muslim nations in the last days, because there was no Islam when the Bible was written. But the nations are listed, and every one of them are now Islamic. But Daniel chapter 11 says that in the last days, that the nation of Egypt and the nation of Libya would go through civil wars, and they would collapse in the last days, and they would eventually join an alliance that would attack Israel. There you go. And we've seen that happen, and we're watching it happen right now.
1: Final warning. Understanding the Trumpet Days of Revelation, Carl, always a pleasure. Thank you for this.
2: Thank you, Richard.
1: Carl Gallops. All right, the website is richardserrett.com. That's your portal to The Conspiracy Show. Everything you need to know about the program is right there. Say hello on Twitter at Richard and as always, follow the truth. All right, just going to send out this clarion call right now. Douglas Cottrell, Dr. Douglas Cottrell, wanted in the OR. (laughs) Uh, Tim is calling you, and it's going straight to voicemail, both numbers. I know you're listening, so um, let me just put that out there so you can uh, correct that situation while Tim Spreen, my technical producer, uh, tries to get a hold of you. All right, thanks for inviting me into your home. Uh, My name is Richard Serrett, this is The Conspiracy Show, and we are doing our HOA, our Hangout on Air, again tonight. So if you want to watch the show, as well as listen, uh, go to my Twitter feed, at Richard Serrett, and click on the link near the top of the feed, and you can watch the show stream live on YouTube. And uh, our guest in this hour, the aforementioned... Dr. Douglas James Cottrell will also join us via the HOA from his location about an hour from here in Hamilton Beach, Ontario. Canada's Edgar Casey, Dr. Douglas James Cottrell, remote viewer, standing by, we hope, and uh, he's going to give us all a crash course in remote viewing, and uh, then we'll try a little experiment. He has two objects on his desk, uh, but away from his webcam, So you won't be able to see them until the big reveal towards the end of the hour. In fact, uh, I I mentioned he has two objects. Uh, One of those objects, after getting my own crash course in remote viewing, I'm going to try and uh, guess as to what that object is. So if you're interested in trying, sit thee down by the radio and be prepared to learn how to transcend Time and space, live on the radio. Uh, And then, as I say, towards the end of the hour, I'm going to open up the phone lines and take calls from people who will attempt to identify one of these objects using their newly acquired remote viewing skills. And uh, in addition to calling in... How are we doing, Tim? Oh. Okay, we... uh, Again, Douglas, if you're listening, uh, Tim reached you, and then the line went dead, and now... We're not able to reach you. Okay. That's all right. I can skate for a few minutes if if need be. Uh, But anyway, uh, in addition to you uh, calling in, and I'll give out those numbers in a little bit, uh, I'm also going to set up a hashtag for the experiment. And you can hashtag TCS remote. Hashtag TCS, which are the initials for The Conspiracy Show. And then remote for remote viewing, hashtag TCS remote and tweet me with your guests after you've had your crash course in remote viewing. And for the person who either calls in or tweets hashtag TCS remote, uh, who comes closest to identifying the hidden target or object, you will be awarded with a pair of tickets to my Follow the Truth uh, conference, again happening Sunday, April the 26th at the Region Theatre in Oshawa, where Douglas Cottrell will demonstrate quantum consciousness and remote viewing live on stage. Incidentally, uh, Rosemary Ellen Guiley, we do have Douglas, will be... uh, Rosemary Ellen Guiley, who will be on the program next week with our monthly Paranormal News Roundup, will also be present at my live event, April 26th. We're flying her up. And a special exhibit of a life-size, detailed, accurate replica of the Holy Shroud of Turin, which will be uh, there on display and presented uh, by Dr. Gary Chang, and uh, much, much more. Uh, JFK assassination researcher uh, Nelson Thal, uh, unpacking the Zapruder film, Victor Vigiani will present. This is a... Uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, to Victor's presentation. Uh, he's going to present the smoking gun documents, which prove the government knows about and is concerned about UFOs, uh, and uh, the former Prime Minister, Deputy Prime Minister of Canada and Defense Minister, the Honorable Paul Hellier, We'll talk about the money mafia uh, and much, there's so much more. Anyway, uh, for details, visit followthetruth.tv. Followthetruth.tv, and you can order tickets by calling the box office 905 721 3399. But again, your chance to win a pair. Of tickets for follow the truth coming up during our remote viewing experiment okay let's go live to Hamilton Beach Ontario and the office of the man with x-ray eyes the last of the sleeping prophets and the author of the secrets of life the complete new age health guide and many many more dr. Douglas James Cottrell there you are how are you my friend
3: uh, welcome nice uh, the- to uh, hear your voice again in this cold uh snowy day here. I'm fine, thank you, and, and I warm little office here. I got the heater going. The only problem I have Richard, is I don't seem to have this uh, hangout working here. It kind of froze up. I've done everything I could to kind of get it working.
1: Okay, well, listen, uh, maybe uh, if Douglas Jr. is standing by, he can come in, and there are a couple of remedies. One, just make sure that the the uh, the camera is on, the webcam is clicked on, not red, but on. And the other thing that you can do is just click that refresh button, uh, and if that doesn't work, during a break, I guess you could uh, you could just sort of re-enter the Hangout by clicking on the link that Elbert or I sent you. So there are a number of things that we can try. In the meantime, we've got you on the radio. Anyway, we've got the audio. And uh, let's, uh, first of all, before we start, um, with the remote viewing uh, exercise or experiment, uh, I mentioned Follow the Truth. You're going to be there live on stage uh, demonstrating something you call quantum consciousness uh, so let's give people a little sort of insight as to what they'll see when they see you live on stage April twenty sixth at follow the truth
3: okay there's anybody in the audience who's uh, familiar with Edgar Casey, or if they've uh, read about Ross Peterson the new Edgar Cayce by, uh, in the book uh, by Alan Sprague or if they are familiar with Paul Solomon's work um, or indeed if they have uh, come across my work uh, on, well, in person or in, in different places that I've been, what I'm going to do is demonstrate what I'm world famous for, and that is to uh, do this quantum-line deep trance meditation. Uh, Edgar Casey was well known for uh, his ability to go anywhere in the world mentally, so to speak, and be able to uh, look at people intuitively and describe their health. He was never wrong. Ross Peterson had the same ability, Paul Solomon and myself. And so we're going to demonstrate this ability, this consciousness, uh, this power within uh, to the audience who are going to ask questions uh, through yourself, I'm assuming. Yes. And we're going to show that this uh, there is a powerful mind. This is not something that's uh, that's just recently invented. It's called the shamanti Mind in in, uh, in Hindu religions and Buddhism and things like that. We're we're looking at this mind that's able to uh, in the quantum physics and quantum mechanics, the idea is it's able to go somewhere simultaneously. It's, been, it's able to see uh, uh, in time, forward and backwards. It's able to go into somebody's body and be able to read that body as if it would be reading a medical chart. It's a, a phenomenon that I've been doing for 42 years. It started with my daughter, Sherry Ann, requiring extraordinary help when all the medical professionals at that time, back in 1968 to 70, gave up on her. And she subsequently was put into an institution for four years. And we consulted Ross Peterson, who was amazingly accurate at being able to tell us what was going on in her brain, uh, what was going on with her nervous system, and, and how to correct it. Right. Now,
1: when, 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 we, when people see you on stage on April the 26th, uh, they'll see you be basically being placed in a deep meditative trance, and then that iconic leather recliner chair that you have when you are in that, that state, uh, and hence the term sleeping prophet, which has been applied to Edgar Cayce and, and people like yourself, uh, that's how they'll see you.
3: Well, for all intents and purposes, you're going to see a man having uh, a little bit of uh, uh, catching some Z's in an electric chair, oh, sorry, uh, in a recliner chair. <laughs>
1: Let's hope not.
3: I hope not. Maybe you'll be wired up and I'll get the shock on my life, but I will uh, demonstrate to the people, this is a genuine phenomenon, that people who have an aptitude to uh, uh, to do this can do it if they wish. I'm the, I'm the example and I'm one of three other people, I'm the fourth one, so to speak, disability they're going to see this they're going to see the the physical changes that go on with the heart rate slows down the respiration almost stops it's going to look like I'm not breathing at all and then they're going to hear hear that other mind that soul mind and uh, a long time ago when you heard it for the first time there's a distinctive change in the voice and there's a mannerism of talking that is unique and the way it speaks uh, to each person is unique and it, um and matter of fact, when it uh, speaks to audiences, it's quite unique as well, which I've done all over the world.
1: This is the soul the, the, speak, the, the, the voice of the soul mind. Now are you go, uh, is the idea here that you will be uh, connecting with the akashic record? When, when I ask you a question, or when uh, people in the audience ask you a question through me, you will be well, not you, but your soul mind will be uh, getting these answers from the akashic record.
3: That's right. The Akashic Records is a, uh, you know, it's something that, it sounds mysterious, but it's basically a pool of consciousness or a knowledge that's related to the human uh, race mind, national mind, spiritual mind. It's all consciousness, and it stretches back from our beginning forward to our end, and in the present moment, it operates. There is no time in the present moment, and this is why we're able to, uh, in this state of mind, go all over the world instantaneously and describe things that are happening in people's uh, lives and what's going on with their their health instantly, as well as go back in time and look upon their uh, situations and previous experiences and what was going on, how that experience in the past relates and truly relates or resonates with this present life and be able to pick up uh, things that are very pertinent That are able to be once understood relieve a situation in this life. We are in this life going through a series of reoccurrences that start from those lifetimes in the past and we're learning spiritual lessons there is a purpose for it and this is one of the abilities is to go back and remote view if you will in time as well as go into future uh, predictions or prophecy and see clairvoyantly in time and at this present moment, uh, go to a place and see. But not—it's not a clear seeing. It's—it's it's not a, a vision thing like you like you were when you were in glasses. You're seeing with the top of your head. You're seeing with the mind. And sometimes it's a little foggy when you start to do this. And as you practice it over years, you can become very, very, very specific. And uh, it's amazing how specific it can be in, in uh, some of the things I've done before, where somebody lost jewelry sent me to their godmother, who uh, directed, if you will, uh, where the jewelry was, and the lady went and found it in the exact location.
1: Okay, listen, we're going to take a uh, timeout, Douglas, when we come back. uh, I'd like you to at least begin our crash course in remote viewing. And just a reminder, after this uh, crash course in remote viewing, I'm going to attempt uh, to take what I've learned in this brief, uh, I mean, it sounds like the art of the impossible, but we'll give it a try. Live on the radio and our HOA. I'll try and uh, view, remote view, this hidden object that you have on your desk in Hamilton Beach, and um, then we'll also. There's a second object. We'll have our listeners either call in or they can uh, they can tweet using the hashtag capital TCS. That's the Conspiracy Show TCS Remote, and uh, the the person that comes the closest. We'll get a pair of tickets to follow the truth. We'll also talk about your, uh, your upcoming appearance in Toronto called Archaeology of the Soul. Back with more of my conversation with Canada's Edgar Casey. right here on the conspiracy show, Don't go away. All right, I see people are, are calling in. Uh, please uh, if you're trying to take part in our remote viewing experiment, please hold off and at least, at least until we get our, our crash course in uh, remote viewing uh, from Dr. Douglas James Cattrall, who joins us on the line from Hamilton Beach, Ontario. Canada's Edgar Cayce, the author of The Complete New Age Health Guide and The Secrets of Life, among others. Now, Douglas, uh, before we get this crash course, you are uh, coming to Toronto in March, and um, you're going to be doing something called Archaeology of the Soul. Uh, Just uh, quickly tell us about that.
3: Well, when you look back in time, uh, um, we're going to help the audience uh, use this, these techniques that I found and able to speed up their ability to look back at their own past lives. And we're going to look back to see to discover the hidden treasures of the knowledge uh, so they can overcome karmic situations. If they have blocks or fears or phobias, we're going to find out where they came from and how to handle them. Uh, we're going to help them uh, find out... Um, uh, what's going on in there, those hidden treasures of the past that they can, they can find and bring forward so they can have a, a better life and more prosperity and to see exactly what's going on. We're going to talk about karma, what goes on in, in between lives. We're going to talk about the death experience and the pre-existence to the post-existence. they are going to get a full day's jam packed uh, course on looking back and finding out what's going on, and it is basically a discovery of the treasures uh, that that can be found through this quantum mind uh, recall technique that we're going to describe to them and take them through. Um, it's going to be Saturday, March the seventh. It's going to be at the Holiday Inn, which is conveniently located at Young and Carlton Street, subway, etc. And we've been going to that hotel, I guess, for ten or twenty years now. And so uh, people can look at the website douglasjamescoddle dot com or call the office in the nine zero five area code three nine three fifty one zero four. And um, any any questions? Just uh, Google my name. You'll find douglasjamescoddle all over the internet. And uh, we're going to teach people. We're going to take them through these uh, tech- these techniques. This this archaeology. This the self discovery of the past where you can find buried treasures of who and what you are.
1: Okay, so again, that is uh, March the 7th, Holiday Inn in Toronto, 30 Carlton Street, and that's all day, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. And uh, um, tickets, Uh, you can order your tickets, you can register uh, by calling Mm -hmm. 905-393-5104, don't call now, call tomorrow, 905-393-5104. And uh, people can you can register. There's discounts for pre-registering, discounts for couples. You can also get tickets at the door, uh, and again you can go to the website, which is Douglas James Cottrell. Let me spell the last name: C O T T R E L L dot com. Douglas James dot com. All right, we'll give that out again before the night is over. So uh, I. I Again, the art of the impossible, Uh, but let's just try this Um, remote viewing. This is, uh, you believe, uh, an innate ability we all have. We can all learn. Um, So let us begin. I mean, is this even reasonable to expect that in fifteen minutes people can learn the basics of how to remote view?
3: Well, let me say, let's start the. uh, While I'm doing this, I'm kicking. I'm kicking on those little green. And buttons on on my computer here. Doug is not around just now, so um, uh, maybe I'll I'll get onto the hangout all by myself here. Um, R- Richard, can you see in your mind's eye the Eiffel Tower? Can yes, you see an image of that right now with yes, your I eyes can. open. Okay, you're engaged on your radio show, mighty fine radio show it is, and you're able to see an image in your mind's eye.
1: I certainly can.
3: No. Sometimes this is dismissed as simply my imagination. Okay, where did that come from? How did that image uh, project into your mind's eye? Never mind where it came from and if it was your imagination, but how did it arrive there?
1: Well, could it not be simply a memory of having looked at it countless times throughout my life, pictures of it, video, film?
3: That that may be, but I'm not concerned about that. What I'm concerned about is that you, with your eyes open while you're talking to me and running your radio show, have an image in your mind that you can see. Correct. That's the mind that we're going after. That's the ability that opens the door to the 15-minute remote viewing crash course. Okay. If you can see an image in your mind's eye, then you're a candidate to be able to learn more, take my course here, the five-day course, and become another Edgar Cayce or Douglas Coughlin. That's where it starts. It's like, you know, you, you, you've stood up for the first time uh, as a child. You know, you've been calling all the a and you stand up. This ability to see in your mind's eye is what starts it all. Now, if I change the image and I say polar bear. Right. You see polar bear. Easily, yes. Then I say wearing running shoes with okay. a tennis racket in its hand.
1: Okay, yes, yes.
3: These are the tests. And in uh, my whole philosophy, my whole teaching, I reduce everything to the simplest form. I don't give people gobbledygook terms. I don't make people have special diets. I get to the basis of the simplest way.
1: And, and, and you don't use coordinate, coordinate remote viewing where, where the target is uh, you give people a, a numerical coordinate. You don't use that.
3: No, uh, this is, uh, you know, there, there's a place for that when we do readings for people and we, we project ourselves, you know, that, that remote viewing, uh, it's a, remote viewing is, a, is kind of a generic term. Uh, what what you're doing when when you do this is you are projecting your mind. You are using clairvoyance. You're using telepathy. Okay. You're using all those other spiritual powers within that you have.
1: Okay. So take me through the next step because I'm going to try and I'm going to try and remote view one of these two objects, and then we'll let our listeners try the other. So what do I do next? I can I can imagine the tennis the the well, tennis well, playing well, polar bear and the Eiffel Tower. Right.
3: This is this is to show you that you have the ability to do it. Now chances are you're doing it right off the back in fifteen minutes are pretty small, but the other abilities the telepathy and the uh, and the intuition that you have can take you to discover glimpses of something and when I say glimpses, this image of a polar bear or whatever was a static image as you progress in developing your intuition the the image Moves. You can go around it. You can see it 360 degrees. You can walk into it. You can see it no matter where it is in the world. But we're not going to go there tonight. We have an image on my desk right now. It's no bigger than my hand, and I'm going to help you and the audience. And I want the audience to play along with you as well. You know, to try to see this. The idea is that uh, for for you to look on my desk. I'm also looking at this uh, uh, object, I'm going to move the other objects away from uh, uh, so I can see it clearly and I'm looking at this now and I want you to uh, just relax, I know you're on the air and you're running the show and you've got all these other things, I want you to clear your mind, just take a deep breath and sort of let your mind go blank and I know it's going to be very difficult with all the stresses of being the host of the show but say, just let it go. And I'm looking at this object, it's no bigger than my hand. Now, when you start off, you're looking for a glimpse. It could be a color, it could be a shape, it could be a detail, it could be something that's pertinent to this device, this situation, this item, this mystery item that I'm looking at on my desk. And as I'm looking at it, I've done this with other people before, just let it go. What's the first thing that comes to your mind? I know it's on my desk. It's not a paper clip or anything to do with my desk that way, but it's an object. It has a distinctive color or colors.
1: Well, the, 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 what I'm uh, sensing or, or seeing is it's a dark color. It could, be, it could be a dark brown or it could be a black. Um, that's as much as I'm getting to begin with, and I don't know if i am uh <laughs> anywhere in the ballpark but that's that's being my uh, that's my honest uh first impression and what i'm doing and i don't know if this is helpful because I have been uh to hamilton beach to your um, uh to, to to the center there uh and i'm i'm remembering i'm trying to picture you at your desk because i've seen your office are you sitting in your office i
3: am okay you are you making the first mistake now. uh oh okay sorry the first mistake is You are thinking. You're not supposed to think. You're supposed to see. I'm so rarely accused
1: of that that I just wanted to hold on to that for a moment. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, okay, I'm not going to think anymore, but okay.
3: So we're going to go through a couple of rules as as you're going through this, but the the audience is is listening and and they're learning. Um, First of all, I've given given some idea of the size. This helps relieve the stress of the intellectual mind. that's going to naturally try to guess. Uh, to guess is to think, and to think starts the reasoning and the backward parts of the mind, which takes you far, far away from the uh, creative, imagination, uh, um, clairvoyant mind, which just allows the vision to form. Now the the next lesson is that in in those commercials you see where people are uh, looking through glasses. It's a commercial on, on the more you drink, it's like looking through glasses, and, and the image becomes obscured as you as you look through a series of glasses. Well, this is the same way, only in reverse. We're allowing the the nebulous uh, obscured image, which may be faintly there. We're trying. We just feel comfortable and we concentrate and allow our attention, our attention to focus on something, as I alluded to before, a shape, a color. Uh, You you know, you've seen the brown, uh, the brown top of my desk, and that's where you're seeing this dark brown. You're getting close. I want you to look at this object again. Just take a deep breath and exhale slowly. And if you can, empty your mind and for a moment, see nothing. And then, look now, and what do you see uh, at this object, this mystery object? What is the shape? What is the color? What do you see?
1: <laughs> this is going to sound strange, but the image that's coming into my mind is it's kind of a, like shaped like a donut.
3: Very good. What color? It's not a donut, but what color?
1: Um... I'm getting sort of conflicting uh, kind of Tell me fashion. what
3: you see. Tell me what you see.
1: Well, again, I go back to the donut and I'm, my, my first impression was kind of a dark brown, black or dark brown uh, that might be the desk. Um, by golly, I think...
3: I don't what do you f- see? Don't I think. Tell me what you see. I it's see... It
1: could be kind of an... An orangey or a pink? Okay. But that's, that's not coming in clear. I didn't I had quite that, hear the last. Uh, sorry, you didn't hear the last part? No. I didn't. Oh. Well, I can't. I, I was thinking orange or pink in color, uh, but that was just that flitted in for a moment and then it's gone
3: okay that's it very good it came in for a moment and it went the reason it came in that's your intellect or sorry your intuition um, breaking through that wall of intellect the intellect only allowed it to be there for a minute and then you started thinking reasoning naturally so let me tell you what it is
1: yes okay
3: it is a round travel clock it has an orangey reddish color. It has a white face with the numbers one to twelve all the way around it, and a maple leaf in the minute middle. And it has a black set of um, uh, arms on the clock.
1: And what color? Did you say it is, in fact, orangey
3: in color? It's, it's a it's an orangey reddish color. It's not orange and it's not red. Somewhere in the middle, it would be more red than orange, but you could interpret it or see it that way. Well,
1: I did, to be fair, I said uh, orangey-pink,
3: but I didn't, I I said... Orange to pink would be a fair color guess. Remember, with all the stresses of being on a radio show, you are doing amazing. The first thing you said, it looks like a donut, and that's exactly right. This is about three inches in diameter, and it looks like a hockey puck, actually. Okay, it's flat, like it looks, if, if it was black, you'd say it's a hockey puck.
1: Well, not bad for someone who's never transcended time or space before.
3: <laughs> well, someone, not, not bad for someone who's never admitted to it or realized it. This was excellent. This was excellent. Out of 100, it's 100. You, you saw the shape. You got sort of the color. You were a little confused with the black, perhaps. Um,
1: because it has black numbers on it. So it, I was seeing as black, as black and numbers, then the
3: orange. And black um, arms on, on the clock. Um, you know, the hour... And right.
1: a minute well un- unfortunately we don't and have you on the, uh, the the webcam the HOA so that you could hold it up uh, but uh, yeah,
3: maybe during the break I'm, I'm stuck I tried to reload it here okay but it, it would be uh, uh, you you would see it and you would be amazed and you would say yes it looks like a donut because it's round and uh, and looking as it sits on my desk which is very brown uh, wood grain brown maybe that's where you're getting distracted with all the brown around it but you were doing very well. For the first time out, it's 100% hit. You said donut. That's the best shape we could possibly come up with.
1: All right. Well, move over, Major Ed Dames. <laughs> well, maybe not. Listen, uh, Douglas, uh, stay put. Douglas, stay put. We're going into a break. Okay. If you can try to get that uh, webcam back up and the uh, the Hangout going. And then, once again, I'm going to send out the uh, the hashtag... For tonight's show, hashtag TCS, that's T as in the, C as in conspiracy, S as in show, all caps, hashtag TCS remote. capital R and then lowercase e-m-o-t-e, and uh, we'll get people to, to put their attention now on this second object, and we'll continue our remote viewing experiment, Canada's Edgar Casey, Douglas James Cottrell... If you if you get if you guess correctly, a pair of tickets to follow the truth too, upcoming here on the conspiracy show. Stay with us. All right, uh, welcome back. We are in the midst of a remote viewing experiment, live on the air, with uh, Dr. Douglas James Cottrell, who is in Hamilton Beach at his uh, center this evening. And uh, just a reminder, Douglas will be uh, joining us at our Follow the Truth conference, April 26th, at uh, the Regent Theater in uh, Oshawa where he'll be uh, on stage demonstrating uh, something called quantum consciousness. He'll be in a deep trance meditative state and uh, uh, basically in contact with the Akashic Record. Um, this is not something you're going to see every day. This is uh, the sleeping prophet, Canada's Edgar Casey will be live in action doing this. You'll get to see it up close and personal. Now, um, if you're just joining us, uh, Douglas gave me a, a quick crash course in remote viewing and um, I was able long distance to sort of describe an object he held in his hand I saw something round I described it donut shaped and I mentioned uh, originally the color uh, dark brown or black and then I said something orangey and um, he revealed that the object in his hand was a travel clock uh, shaped sort of donut shaped maybe three inches in diameter he would describe it as a hockey puck shape and it is in fact orangey in color with black numbering on the the face of the the white face of the clock. So, take that uh, for what uh, what you will. That was my first attempt. Not too bad. Now it's your turn. If um, now, so Douglas, uh, you have the second object in your hand.
3: Well, the note on my hand, uh, Richard. Uh, I sent you an email by the way of the picture of the uh, donut clock and I shade uh, it face-up. I didn't give it a side view, uh, so you will be able to see it for yourself. And I, t- I sent also an email picture of the second object that I have on my desk.
1: Okay. Like, um, that otherwise. hasn't arrived yet. I'm just hitting refresh on my email. And uh, you sent that to my Gmail account, I'm guessing? I guess so. Okay. Well, uh, as soon as that arrives, I'll have a look at that. Okay,
3: so... The second, the second object is, likewise, uh, it would fit in my hand. It's palm size. I'm... Doing, uh, giving the audience the um, size so that they uh, don't think it's a paper clip or that it's a stapler. Uh, I don't want people guessing just because it's on my desk that it's something to do with my desk. Right. It's not. Okay. I'm okay. trying to be very fair in that these uh, objects have a shape. They have color or colors. And um, uh, some people in, in these experiments, again, on another radio uh, thing that I was affiliated uh, some of the people my listeners were very accurate and for the first time here tonight we're we're kind of throwing a test out there and for people who want to come and and take the course and be you know, more serious about this we will have a uh, quantum mind deep trance meditation course sometime this spring um I do this about once a year and remarkably people who who come with with the expectations uh, to be able to see at a distance somebody's health. Every single student has been able to do it. The only qualification is the same as I asked you before. Can you see an image in your mind's eye? Okay, if you so be- do that, you will have clairvoyant ability.
1: Okay, and- so to our listeners now, uh, uh, Douglas, uh, who are turning their attention to this object on your desk, uh, do you have further instructions for them before uh, they start calling in or or hashtagging
3: uh, TCS remote? Okay, first thing is to forget what we did a moment ago. They were playing along with us, and they're giggling and talking to each other and saying, I told you so, we've got to stop all that and say, okay, now we're going to be serious. This is uh, for some real payola here. They're going to get some fantastic prizes and, and, uh, and get these tickets. Okay, try to get that out of their mind as well. It's like, don't care. The next... Point is to be disinterested. Don't put your ego on the line about being right. This is a major a step, so you become disinterested. It helps if you don't care if you're right or wrong. I, 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 this is about five different tips now. I'm, I'm telling people this goes beyond your your intuition, where you're getting premonitions or precognition or, or something like a prediction or a prophecy. We're now looking at an object. We want to develop our clairvoyance. And I'm looking at this object, and while I'm doing it, I'm sending through the phone, through the radio station, a telepathic image of it, and so people might see it telepathically. We don't care. At this point in time, we don't care if it's telepathy, remote viewing, mind projection, clairvoyance or prophecy. We don't care. We want to establish that you, the listener, have the ability to intuitively see because this is the evidence of your soul, the consciousness of your soul. All the the uh, spiritual gifts are related in the book of Corinthians for those people who think this is a little on the dark side. This is genuine spiritual proof that you have a soul, you have, a, you have other senses, you're an extra special person. This is extrasensory perception. And most people already use this every day. They just don't realize the terms you know when I ask people can they see the future everybody says no and then I ask them three questions and by that time everybody's got their hand up yes they've had a premonition yes they've had a dream yes they've had a feeling so the point being is that we have this ability and now that I'm talking to everybody and distracting them I want them to look at this object it's the size of no bigger than my my hand it is something uh, that has more than one color. It has a very unusual uh, shape. And I want you to close your eyes, be disinterested in this completely. Look at my, the corner of my desk here at 180 Beach Boulevard in Hamilton, Ontario. And you're looking now through the ether. You're letting this image come to your mind. Just whatever you see, how ridiculous, how silly, how, whatever, whatever you see. Right now, tell me what you see, not what you think. Don't guess. Tell me what you see.
1: All right, so we are heading into a break here very shortly. So let me give out the numbers now. Um, If people are able to uh, just divert their attention away from that object for one moment and just take down these numbers, scrawl them on a piece of paper very quickly, and then get back to tuning in. On this object in Hamilton Beach on the corner of Douglas Cottrell's desk. And the numbers are 416 360 0740. That's in the 416, toll free, 1 866 740 4740. Or you can use the hashtag TCS hashtag TCSRemote. Good luck. You have your assignment. Back with more of the conspiracy show right after this. And we are back with Canada's Edgar Casey, the remote viewer, sleeping prophet, Doctor Douglas James Cottrell, live from his spiritual center in Hamilton Beach, Ontario, and uh, he will be coming to uh, Toronto on March the seventh. That's a Saturday. At the Holiday Inn, that's 30 Carlton Street, right at, the, uh, right at Young, the Young and College stop, really. College, of course, turns into Carlton, the other side of uh, Young Street. And um, that's an all-day event from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. You can get tickets at the door. You can get tickets uh, through the website. Registering uh, will get you a discount. It's www.douglasjamescottrell.com. And the uh, phone number... Uh, if you want to call and uh, and register, and again, you get a a discount by registering. Uh, that number again is nine zero five. Help me out with the number, uh, Douglas. Are you there? Did we lose Douglas?
3: My ear is touching the cell phone. Sorry about that. Oh, no worries. Uh, okay. Nine zero five. Yes. Three nine three. And a,
1: and a 905-393-5104. Okay, and that's Archaeology of the Soul coming up March 7th. All right, now, let's uh, see if we have uh, any potential remote viewers out there. Wayne is in Scarborough. Good morning, Wayne.
3: Good evening, Richard and Dr. Control. Hi Good there. Good morning. Hi. Um, I'll come right out. Uh, what I'm seeing, I think, is a piece of jewelry, either a pendant or a brooch, possibly a lady's I would say no okay
1: were you getting a clear image uh, uh wayne
3: uh believe me or not it's gonna i I was onto a timepiece with yours, but this no, I was kinda i tried to clear my mind and not a clear, clear image, but in my brain, that's what I was seeing, and probably wrong.
1: That's interesting. You when the the first object, which was the one that I was trying to uh, determine, you actually saw a timepiece.
3: Yes, honestly, I actually saw it as a watch, but then second thought, I started to think maybe bigger. But that's uh, the truth. Yeah. that was a. Th- this, that's a good point. Is that when you uh, intuitively look at things, you can look up, like taking your hand and putting it right up to your face. It looks bigger uh seeing the second one you know that was excellent if you saw it as a timepiece and, and it's one of the uh clues to see it's a clock it's a timepiece it's a circle it's it's the okay. colors you were, right. you were tuned in right at it. this one with the pendulum uh jewelry uh when you see it you you might see well, how you got that idea but it, that isn't what it is but
1: Okay Wayne yeah. good guess I appreciate the uh, the attempt thank yeah, you for great,
3: that Great show thank
1: you Okay again the numbers 416 Three six zero zero seven forty, four one six three six zero zero seven forty, and toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Those are the numbers if you want to participate in our remote viewing experiment, and if you can determine what that object is on Douglas's desk, you win a pair of tickets to Follow the Truth. And um, let's see, what do we have here? Maria is in Oakville. Maria, good evening. Good morning. How are you?
4: Good evening. Good morning. Fine. Thank you. How are you doing?
1: Very well. Are you ready to transcend time and space, Maria?
4: Uh, Yes, it's interesting. I would like to kind of guess. What are you
1: seeing? Don't guess now. What are you seeing on the edge of Douglas's desk?
4: Uh, It's something that he is emotionally connected Okay, keep going. Uh, I see something blue mixed with white. Again, as I heard before, it's not jewelry, but it might be something decorative. And uh, like, you know, like a ball that has a like a, a, a snow inside? A
1: snow globe, interesting. Yeah. Do you want to go with snow globe? Oh,
3: okay. okay. What does that mean exactly? A snow globe.
1: Well, that's you remember those? Th- uh, they're 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 usually made out of glass, and there's a little scene inside. You can look uh, at I mean, it, and when yeah. you shake it, it snows inside.
4: Yes, yes, thank you.
3: <laughs> okay. Well, I think you're probably looking at the storm around the whole center here, which would look like it was in No, not exactly. You're just a little too high above looking down on the center. That's exactly what it looks like from outside right now.
1: Maria, thank you for that try. I appreciate it. A oh. Good, good job.
3: Okay. All right.
1: Now, listen. I have a. Uh, someone has responded to the hashtag here, and it's uh, um, uh, J S at Jen Schmidt one. Uh, sh- she is seeing a stone or paperweight with a scenery on it. Uh, some uh, painted onto it, perhaps a paperweight with a scenery on it.
3: Hmm. 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 Not a paperweight, but it could be. Hmm. I think this one is. You know, getting a getting a pretty good, pretty good image of
1: okay, it. Okay, hang on. Let me. We have Teresa up next on the phone. Teresa. Hi.
4: Hi there. Teresa. What do you see? Um. I'm. I, I. think I just got canceled out because I was um, seeing a multicolored, sort of a a very nicely sculptured ceramic um, dish paperweight.
3: What makes you think you're canceled
4: out? Well, I, I didn't, because Maria, before me, I, I believe she said a paperweight. I didn't hear. No,
1: she said a globe. She said a snow globe.
4: Well, oh. I suppose
1: a snow globe could be a paperweight. Anything could be a paperweight, I suppose. But what do you oh, seeing? Oh, I didn't
4: hear it all. So, okay. um, so I'm saying, uh, yeah, a multicolored, uh, very unusual-shaped um, uh, ceramic uh, paperweight.
3: Okay, it's uh it could be used as. I'm going to say these kinds of things. They could be. Well, uh, it could be but,
4: used but as your, an ashtray as well, you, but not that, but, but I don't think you smoke or anything. So.
3: No, no. You've got you've got some really good um, detail in this. You're you're really pretty good at. It. I'm, well, I'm trying not I'm, to give it away. Because of uh, the other callers, but... Uh, okay, I'll tell you I w- what, Teresa, I'm going to... take this lady's name down, right Yeah, we're
1: going to put Teresa on hold. Thank and, you. And then, Tim, if you could take her name and number, first name, last name, number, and maybe even an email if you could, Tim. Okay, and, thank
3: um, you, Mr. Serrett.
1: Okay. All right, so...
3: I, I, th- I think Maria saw the snow glow. That's exactly what's going on around the uh, center here. It is blowing and snowing, and we have like a little house inside of this blowing and snowing thing. And and I want to compliment her and say this is possibly what she was looking at. Oh, that was Maria, the
1: earlier caller Maria, who thought she saw a snow globe. And that is essentially you're living in a snow globe.
3: (laughs) Right now. So this is, again, when you deal with your intuition and you're starting out, uh, I don't want to discourage anybody because that's a real scene looking from above, which is what she would be seeing in this snow globe. She would be looking above, and that is exactly uh if I, if we put our little house in in it was not such a little place it's pretty big but that's exactly what it would look like Robert so uh Robert Richard so uh I I'm happy that she she saw that she didn't see what was on my desk she saw the whole place
1: All right well we've got um, a Teresa on hold and I also have this hashtag uh from Jen Schmidt who sees a stone or paperweight with a scenery on it or a painting and we'll find we'll we'll wait for the uh
2: I would the, keep that one,
1: too. Yeah, we're going to wait for the final uh, reveal with you in a I, moment. I did send you an email with this picture already, too, by the way. Oh, let me see if I can... Uh, you know what? I don't know what's going... Uh, I'm not sure what's going on with my email, but I'm not, I'm not receiving those at the moment. It could be that storm that's barreling down on us. Uh, but let's, in the meantime... Who do we have next? Melanie? Melanie, are you there?
4: I am. Hi, Hi Melanie.
1: What are you remote viewing? What are you seeing?
4: Uh, Richard, I'm I'm seeing something like a rectangle standing, and within there is some like circles, and um, it has a pattern. But it, I'm getting uh, like sand inside, like a timepiece that you know the old-fashioned ones that go you know from top to bottom.
1: Oh yes, the su- the uh, yes, like a t- a sand timer.
4: Yeah, it, yeah, but it, but it, it's, it's like in, within rectangle.
1: So there's. Take, this, ins- take it's a- this lady's name down too. <laughs> we're going to take this, okay, uh, Teresa? No, Melanie. I'm sorry, Melanie. Yeah. Melanie. Okay, we're going to put you on uh, hold here, uh, as okay. well, and okay. um, and we're we'll get we're getting ready for the big uh, reveal here in just a moment. Okay, thank you. Let me just check the hashtags here. Do we have any? Uh... Okay, that's uh, that's it's a little slow to update, but that's what I'm. That's all I have so far on the hashtags. Uh, so listen, why don't we? Let's see, what do we have here? We've got about four and a half minutes. Why don't we do the big reveal, uh, Douglas?
3: Richard, what's your email address here? Let me. uh, I got Richard Surrette at one at Gmail. Is that the right one? Uh,
1: Yeah, that's. I'll tell you what. Send it to The Conspiracy Show One.
3: Just a minute. Uh, Spell conspiracy for me. C O N S P I R. Just a minute. C, uh, the C O N S T P is
1: in Peter. Yeah. I R A C Y. Show. Show. Then the number one. The conspiracy show one at gmail.com. Okay, let me just. Uh...
3: So we have. I a... got big fingers here.
1: Um, that's, now you're going to email me the the actual picture of this this object
3: okay i hope I hope this goes so a conspiracy show
1: one one at gmail dot com okay okay, so just to recap we had um, uh, uh, Teresa, I believe mentioned some sort of a something that could be a paperweight with a painting on it or some sort of a a design on it. We had Melanie, who mentioned one of those—I um, I, I can't think of what you call them—but it's—it's—it's it's like an egg timer uh, with sand, you know, a timepiece where sand comes, you know, flows through one one tube into the next. She mentioned it's sort of inside a rectangle shape with some circles, uh, and then I had the hashtag. Uh, a stone or paperweight with a scenery on it, a painting. So we're getting a lot of people sort of in and around that object.
3: Okay, it didn't, it didn't send. I don't know what happened here. I might have misspelled it.
1: Okay, that's all right. Why don't you just uh, tell us what it, what it is? Here, here's
3: what it is. It is a hand-carved piece of stone that uh, looks like a little bit like quartz but it's not it has a gray part in the in the back uh, of the hind quarter of this donkey looking shape with baskets over the side of it it has a brown strip of sand like color going from the left lower to the upper right it has a triangle shaped ears and face it is uh the size of my hand and that's how heavy it is uh so I wish we had a picture and you could decide which one of those ladies were hits, but they all were looking at it very, very specifically and closely.
1: Okay, so the I'm going to say that, the um, uh, Tim, the caller that mentioned the, uh, the, the, uh, the sand.
3: And the odd shape and the triangles, that would be
1: some pretty good hits. I believe that was Melanie. I believe that was Melanie.
3: But okay. the, other call, the other callers did very well, too.
1: Well, I'm going to award the, uh, the tickets to Melanie. That's a pair of oh. tickets to uh, Follow the Truth to my live event April 26th at the Regent Theatre in Oshawa. And for those of you who didn't uh, win, there'll be other chances every week we'll give away a pair. Follow the is the uh, website for more details. And once again, quickly, uh, Douglas, you're going to be in town March the 7th, at the Holiday Inn, it's called Archaeology of the Soul. It's an all-day event. And um, the number to call to pre-register?
3: 905-393-5104. And I'm going to post uh, this uh, this hand carving of this borough, uh on my Facebook page tomorrow, along with the donut clock, so everybody who's listening tonight can see it. And they can go to my website, com to register, and also to get to my Facebook page. This, your audience is awesome tonight. Uh, every one of your callers got something, Richard, every single one.
1: They were they uh, something, some better than the other. They, they brought right. their A-game, to be sure. All right, Douglas, listen, we will see you uh, soon, and we will certainly see you in April, live on stage at the Region Theater. Looking, Looking forward, to, forward it. to it. All right. Thank you. Bye for now. Uh, my thanks to Tim Spring, my technical producer Albert the intern as always And uh, all of you listening at home Back next week, Rosemary Allen Guiley Paranormal News Roundup Bruce McBurney, inventor, talking about coital silver And Thomas Sheridan, live from Ireland Will be talking about Psychopaths in our midst In the meantime, don't be afraid There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed And nothing hidden That won't be made known What you see in the dark What you hear in the dark Speak in the light. What I say in a whisper. Proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night.